Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Okay, good morning, everybody. Teddy Chavez with Jesus 911. Welcome to our Monday uh, show. We're just uh, waiting for Jess to get online here, but uh, just want to welcome you to the show. We've got a good uh, a good uh, compilation of what we're going to do today. We're going to go over a uh, a book by uh, uh, Dr. Dan Schneider. He's a Libra Cristo person, and uh, we are going to go over several uh, things that uh, we see in that book uh, that leads us to the... Uh, uh, Deliverance and Exorcism Ministry that uh, Libra Cristo, uh, Kyle Clement, and uh, Father Chad Ridberger uh, developed. So we want to uh, just kind of hope that uh, uh, Jess gets on soon. But I wanted to uh, just go over a few of the things that we're gonna that we're gonna talk about. Uh, like I said, we're going through the book. We're gonna go through the the beginning of the book, the uh, forward, the introduction by Dan Snyder. And so uh, one of the things that we want to talk about is the, uh, well, we'll let Jess get to his uh, uh, his remarks at the beginning of the book. Actually, Jess is the first remark that we hear, uh, that we see in the book. Uh, it says, praise for Libra Crystal Method, and Jess is the first one here. Uh, I'll let him read that. But what I wanted to do is just kind of instruct some of our listeners. I mean, I know we have uh, new listeners and old listeners. It. But uh, are you there, Jess? Yeah, I'm here. I just called in. Something happened with my. Uh, it's not surprising. Technology goes down when you're talking about spiritual warfare. So I'm, <laughs> I'm calling in here. <laughs> okay, what's yeah. going on, Jess? Listen, yeah, I just I just went over real quickly what we're going to do. You want to introduce it yourself? Go ahead. Uh, but we're going to do yeah. the Lieber the Lieber Crystal Method with Dr. Snyder. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, the only thing that I want to say is this. Father Chad Ripperger wrote a book. It's called Diabolical Influence. It's in my shelf. It's 850 pages. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's like an encyclopedia. It's 10 font, single space. <clears throat> and so Dr. Schneider, who's on Father Ripperger's exorcism team, he wanted to take Father's theology on deliverance and exorcism and make it more accessible to lay people. So what he did is uh, Father basically commissioned him to kind of redact the book Diabolical Influence. Uh, again, 875 pages. And so it took, it took down about two years, but he redacted it. And this is a book that we have in front of us uh, that he's called The Liber Crystal Method, A Field Manual for Spiritual Combat. And I'll tell you what, what men are going to really like about this book, especially. You're probably enjoying it, Eddie, as you're going through it. It yes. Dan uses a lot of uh, uh, military metaphors, and I think this uh, this is a good way to explain spiritual warfare. He uh, he uses a lot of his army background. He was a uh, he was a he he was a uh, in Desert Storm in Iraq. He was an army officer, so he uses a lot of military metaphors, and I think this is going to be a hit with men. I think men like this type of language. Now, before we start getting into the actual book, just want to say that <clears throat> there's a couple of models out there 
But I'll tell you why I think the liver-crystal model is the one that's most effective, because I've worked under other models. So I've watched them, I've observed them, and I'll tell you what, uh, what makes this model different. Priests that are involved in deliverance or exorcisms, they've generally been trained at the Pope Leo Thirteenth Institute. So they get they as priests get personally trained in minor and, and, and major exorcisms. They have personal training, but there's no there's no training for the person that they're gonna pray over, so to speak. <clears throat> what Father Ripperger did is not only uh not only this obviously you know, a priest has to be trained before they do minor or major exorcisms. But the liver crystal method, it, what it does, it trains the patient, the penitent, the victim, the possessed. It prepares them to get prayed over. This is the genius of this model. <clears throat> and the best way I can explain it before we go on to the book, it's like this. Let's just say somebody says, hey, Jess, uh, <clears throat> you know, let's run a marathon. And I tell my friend, well, yeah, sure, let's train for it. So it take about a year. Uh, but uh, but you weigh 500 pounds. You you you've gotta you've gotta lose about 300 pounds before we even start training for the marathon. That's what happens in other models. Is you're gonna bring in a 500 pound spiritually afflicted person, and the priest is doing minor or major exorcisms, and there's little to no effect. Why? Because the person's body's not prepared to run the marathon. They're just not ready. To, for that type of physical and spiritual, uh, you know, uh, you know, regimen, they're not ready for that. The liber crystal model, what it does, it trains the person, the victim, penitent, patient, possessed person. It prepares them spiritually in their interior life to start receiving the prayers. Eddie, that's the difference between this model and everything else out there currently being used in the Catholic Church. Comments? Yeah, Jess, you know, I, I, you're right. I, I love the way uh, Dan Snyder uh, puts it together using uh, the metaphors of, um, you know, medical metaphors, but they're using primarily they're using military metaphors. And that's something that uh, yeah. I, I, I really could build on. It keeps me interested. And so if, uh, if anybody's thinking about getting this book, um, it's, it's very interesting. And I think uh, maybe even people from some of the other methods that are being used, Jess, could benefit from, from uh, using Libra uh, Cristo. Yeah, definitely. A- absolutely. Eddie, so let's go to the forward. You read one paragraph and I'll read another. The forward of the book is on, it's on page nine, Roman numerals. It's, it's written by Father Chad Ripperger because this is basically his intellectual property. So I'll read the first paragraph and we'll comment. Hey, it. Jess, He's, real quick, be- yeah. before we go on, Jess, can I uh, do something here real quick? I want to just instruct some of the uh, the listeners to Virgin Most Powerful that they may be new listeners and not have seen this before. But at the very beginning, before the contents page, there's a uh, a page here, and there's two terms that I want to draw everybody's attention to. One of them is a nihil obstat, and the other is imprimatur. And essentially, these are Latin terms uh, that uh, I used to instruct some of the people when we were starting to do Bible study as to how to verify that their Bible is Catholic. So if, the, if, the, if, this, if their Bible, for example, if they have a uh, King James Bible and doesn't have a Neil Obstat or an imprimatur, then uh, they should look for a Bible that has these terms. Nihil Obstat, I believe is Latin just for nothing obstructs. Mm-hmm. And then imprimatur, 
is the uh, 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 Catholic bishop saying, let the book be printed because nothing is in the way. Yeah. And, and so these two yeah, terms... Yeah, there's, just, no, there, think, yeah, there, yeah, there's nothing here uh, that contradicts Catholic teaching. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to bring people's attention to that in case they hadn't heard that before. And let's go on, just go ahead and take the first... Uh, I think, I, Eddie, that was, that was important that you just said that. Okay, the forward Thank written you. by the actual Father Chad Ripperger, who's this is his intellectually intellectual property that Dr. Schneider just put together because he's been in his team for years. He says last year, the the last year that the DeLorean fathers, and that's Father Ripperger's order. That's his order of priests, and 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 the, their full time exorcist. They live in Denver, Colorado. The DeLorean fathers personally kept statistics. Now they are kept by our case manager, that's Kyle Clement, on the number of people that they were meeting was in 2015 that year we had 2000 contacts in other words, 2000 people that said that they had diabolical affliction contacted liber Cristo. And he said, we discussed the cases of 600 people over the phone. We saw 150 people. And of those 150 people, only three were possessed. About one third of the people that we saw did have legitimate diabolical obsession and oppression issues. However, those can normally be taken care of by their pastor, and many people can actually self-liberate if they do the right things. My comment is, that's why this book was written. All the people that self-liberate, which are the majority, Father Ripperger says 90% of the people self-liberate using uh, the phase one and phase two protocol, which we're going to be going through every single week. Uh, Eddie, you want to grab the next paragraph? It's pretty good. Sure, this is this where it starts. It says, the amount of time that is spent by the exorcist vetting the various cases to find the ones that actually need help, uh, need his help, can become prohibitive. Uh, furthermore, uh, around the same time, there was a great deal of discussion by exorcists about what to do with what they called aftercare, which actually becomes very important. We'll see as the book goes on. This is essentially what happens with people after they have been liberated from possession. Many of these people are in a situation where they uh, lack catechetical instruction. Uh, their only contact with a priest is the exorcist. And so they have no contact with the local pastor or church. They often need psychological help or counseling as well. And uh, during the liberation process itself, it becomes clear that they are at times in irregular marriages, have not received all the sacraments or incomplete sacraments, or have been struggling with some form of habitual mortal sin. The former issues become a, pro a problem because the priest, once the person has been liberated, must move on to the next case, and so he cannot spend time with the person who was liberated. This is why there yeah. was hold such it, a Hold that thought, brother. Hold, hold it right there. Jesus okay. 911, we'll be right back. Talking about um, the Liber Crystal method, and we're going through... The book from Dr. Dan Schneider, Spiritual Warfare Manual, will be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. One, 
Time to go medieval on these demons. This is exactly what we're doing with this new model that just came out, the Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat, written by Dr. Dan Schneider, our Wednesday host here. He's part of Father Ripperger's team. What he did is he took Father Ripperger's book, Diabolical Influence, 875-page book written for Catholic priests on everything, everything, the, the, a complete encyclopedia in demonic possession. Of Dr. Dan has taken that book and redacted it and made it user-friendly for lay people. And it's called the Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Eddie, uh, let's we're reading Father Chad Ripker's actual forward to the book. So Eddie, go ahead and pick it up. Sure. Says this is why there was uh, such a protracted discussion about aftercare. As to the latter uh, issues, often a person's liberation was uh, was dragging out unduly because of sacramental issues or attachment to mortal sin. Again. This resulted in the exorcist having to spend time, extra time, that could normally be used to focus on the possessed rather than on cleaning up ancillary issues. Any comments on that, Eddie? Just my, the, the, what jumps out at me is, is, uh, is once again, uh, it, it's 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 pretty simple. I think the liber crystal method teaches, it teaches uh, you how to fish, where other deliverance models just give you a fish whenever you're hungry. Oh, I feel sick. I'm having demons are talking to me. I'm having headaches. I'm seeing visions at night. I'm having nightmares. Father, can you pray over me? Oh, good. I, I feel good. I go back home. I come back a month later. Father, these things came back. I'm having nightmares. I'm having uh, voices to tell me to kill myself. I'm having these bad thoughts. Um, I'm having these profane thoughts. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, being scratched at night. I got to go back. Can you pray for me? Sure, not a problem. Come in. I'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. And what happens? is that other models, because they don't teach the people how to live a clean, pure life, the other models, whether they know it or not, they're making spiritual heroin addicts. Catholics become spiritual heroin addicts. They keep coming back and getting their fix because, oh, Father, it came back again. Thank you. Last You prayed for me last month. It went away for about a week or two weeks. I was fine. Everything was good. But things started coming back. Why? Because the other models don't teach the people, because the priests are busy, first of all, let's just be honest. But the other models don't teach the person how to live an authentic Catholic life, get rid of mortal sin in their life, get rid of all the things that attracted the diabolical in the first place, uh, regularize their marriage most of the time, and, uh, and just start getting cleaning up their house, cleaning up their marriage, cleaning up their personal interior life so these things don't come back because the greatest weapon against the diabolical is living in a state of grace. That's, that's time-tested Catholicism. This is nothing new. This is what I call medieval Catholicism. That's why I just said in the beginning of the show, uh, we're going to get medieval on these demons. This is exactly what this manual is. Eddie, comment? Yeah, Jess, you know, one of the things that, that I think of is that, first of all, you said the priests are busy. Well, you know, they are busy. But the thing is, there's probably only half the priests that believe that the devil can uh, be an a, yeah. a, a impediment in somebody's life. So just to get a priest that believes it, that's a great thing. But Jess, listen, some of the things that the uh, uh, Libra Crystal is talking about here is, is, like you said, it's bottom line information. We, they have to know that the things they've been putting in the back of their mind for years, Jess, sometimes decades, are the things that are the problem they have to address. And so it takes a lot of work from people to come in and go through this process without thinking that the priest waved the magic wand and now it's gone. Yes, Eddie, exactly. A lot of Catholics look at priests, and Father Father Ripper is going to mention it, you'll see. Uh, 
we'll actually read it. It's in the book. It's on the next page. A lot of priests, I mean, a lot of Catholics look at the priests like white witch, white witches, and the and their prayers are like white witchcraft. I go yeah. in there to Father So and So, and as he's going to raise his hands up, he's going to pray over me, and all my problems are going to be gone. You know what that's called, Eddie? That's called white witchcraft. And Father Amorth, he 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 addresses this. He says a lot of Catholics are are, are looking at their priests as as white witches, whether they know it or not, because. It takes the priest, but it takes also a hundred percent effort on the person to clean up their life and return to the sacraments and a life of prayer. So it's not either or, it's both end. The next paragraph says this. Another issue that exorcists would regularly come across is that of the people that were possessed. Only about one third would actually go the distance and become liberated. See, that's that's a big problem. Because when a person is not prepared to go back to the sacraments and a life of prayer and live a clean life and quit playing with themselves, quit watching pornography, quit smoking dope every day. If a person's not ready to stop all those, to cease that activity, guess what? As soon as the sessions start minor or major, they're going to drop out. They're not, they don't have the interior muscle to stick it out because interiorly they're weak. They're, 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 they, they, they follow their passions, their disorder appetites or concupiscence. And so when the sessions start, minor or major, they're not going to stick it out. Like Father Ripperger said right here, he says, about a third would be informed of everything that he or she would have to do in order to become liberated. And in the end, decide not to begin the exorcisms because he or she simply just do not want to do not want to do and suffer what was required. Another third would start the process of going through the exorcisms, but once it became difficult, they would stop coming to, to, to the sessions because they simply did not have the sufficient virtue to go the distance. And see, this is the liber crystal model. It prepares the person 30, 60, 90 days before the priest first starts praying over them. You got to prepare the soul. You got to prepare their intellect. You got to strengthen their faith. They're not going to go the distance with minor or major exorcisms. If you get them right off the street and you say, I'll see you next Tuesday, Father's going to pray over you, okay? It just, they're, they're not spiritually ready for that. Next paragraph, Eddie. Hey, Jeff, really quick on that one. You know what's interesting is that I think that the, the second and third groups here, the ones who do not go through with the exorcism because it becomes too difficult or they don't want to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. These are people that, that, that may be institutionalized, Jess. They might be in, in prisons. They may be uh, in, in psych wards. They may be in places where uh, getting spiritual help is, is not that easy anymore. It's, it's almost non-existent. So that's one of the, the, the pitfalls of the second two groups there. Yeah. Continue, the, brother. Yeah, the next one is this. It is for all the above reasons that the Dolores Fathers worked with Mr. Clement in order to develop a protocol that would address these particular issues. To begin, the exorcist is uh, analogous to a brain surgeon. And when one thinks he might have some type of cerebral issue, one does not go immediately to a brain surgeon asking him to diagnose him or to actually uh, do a specific kind of brain surgery. Rather, one starts with his general practitioner, and he begins the process of vetting the problem so that the brain surgeon can focus on brain surgery. The next model was adopted by the Libra Cristo, uh, by Libra Cristo to ensure that the various issues did not require exorcism uh, would still be adequately addressed and that, and that people would be directed to where they could find help. At the same time, it would maximize the number of people that needed to be uh, needed help actually receiving 
uh, needed help actually receiving help. So in that paragraph, what basically said is the, the parish, this is why every Catholic needs to be part of a parish, because your pastor has spiritual authority over you. That's why at, at Mass, what does he do at the end of Mass? He says, bow your head and receive God's blessing. You know why he says that to everybody there? He has spiritual authority over you. You notice what he's doing? He's telling you to bow your head. You know what bowing your head means? It means I submit to your authority. When you Catholics bow your head at Mass and, and the priest raises his right hand, what you're implicitly saying with your body from Scripture is you're saying, I submit to your authority and I'm receiving your blessing. This is why every Catholic has to be part of a parish. Uh, all of a sudden, they start having diabolical issues and they start running around from one priest to another. Well, guess what? That priest doesn't know you from Adam. He has no relationship with you. And the fact is, when you go to Mass every Sunday with the, at the same parish with the same priest, you're receiving the same blessing from that same priest every single Sunday. And that, that blessing affords you a protection. The, the, the pa your pastor is like the general practitioner. Okay? But when your pastor determines, hmm, there's something here that's way above just concupiscence or the person's fallen nature. Uh, and, and for, the, for the, the cases where you could see all the four signs of, of, uh, of diabolical, of, of, of demonic of possession, those are the cases where they'll, they'll farm them out to the exorcist. The exorcist is like the cancer specialist. He's a brain surgeon. So that's the, that's the, that's the relationship between the Catholic pastor, the Catholic priest, and the diocesan exorcist. The priest is the general practitioner. He can do a lot. He can do minor exorcisms over you. But when it becomes, and we'll talk about that later, when it becomes, when it's determined that it's like institutional possession, like the person was possessed through Freemasonry, possessed through uh, ritual consecration at a black mass, institutional possession requires an institutional exorcism. That's when the exorcist uh, that's when the case is farmed out to the exorcist. But we'll get to that because that's called phase four. Uh, I'll read the next paragraph. We'll start it. Moreover, many people were able to self-liberate from lower forms of diabolical obsession and oppression simply by following the protocol, especially the prayer prescription. What became very clear over time in which this protocol has been used is that most people who suffer from diabolic issues are spiritually undisciplined. Eddie, that's, that sentence says that everything. They're spiritually yeah, just, undisciplined. Yeah, undisciplined. There's no prayer regimen going on. They're wondering if they haven't been a mass in three months, and they're wondering why they're getting uh, uh, you know, diabolic thoughts. Let me tell you something, Jeff. Like you said, this is not brain science. I mean, <laughs> they can understand why it is that these things are happening if they took a seat back and looked at their life, but a lot of people don't do that. Yeah. The protocol is designed to develop the proper discipline and virtues, which means holy habits, in the individual so that many of the diabolical issues which do not require an exorcist or even a priest to pray over them can simply be cleared up by the afflicted person himself. So the second phase of the protocol, which is basically the entire book, also started addressing issues such as lack of catechetical instruction and also the need for psychological help or counseling before they saw the exorcist which also often clear up the specific problem that the person is suffering. Since the priest is required to accompany the individual through the various stages of the protocol, this solved the problem of people not having a connection to the local parish or other priests. Moreover, the priest would then be able to help the person straighten out sacramental issues, which again often cause an amelioration of the diabolic affliction. A lot was said there. 
uh, 90% of people that follow phase one and phase two, and Eddie Neal will describe exactly what that is next week. We'll probably get to it. 90% of diabolically afflicted people that follow phase one and phase two for 30 days and for 60 days clear up. And Father Ripperger says they don't come back and they're fully integrated back into the Catholic faith and living a good Catholic life. Because what's happened is you basically, Eddie, you've heard of what these youngsters use, uh, the uh, P90X. Uh, have you heard of that? Uh, yes. Youngsters, you know, yeah, I'm going to get ready. Let's come on, get a bunch of guys. Let's do P90X, P90X. This is basically a P90X program, a spiritual P90X program where you're teaching the person. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to be your instructor your physical fitness instructor, I'm going to get you in shape. This program is, I'm going to be your spiritual fitness instructor, and I'm going to get you interiorly in shape. You can do it, and we've got the manual, and we're going to follow it to the letter. Jesus 911, we'll be right back. Eddie Chavez, Jesse Romero, talking about the uh, the new book that just came out, The Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. Stick around, we'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911, Soul Patrol, two-man car. Uh, Eddie and myself on Mondays, we, we're, we're going to dedicate our Mondays to going through this book and uh, share the, with the audience the pearls of great price, the great wisdom that's found in this manual. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why this manual is so important, because we fight an ancient enemy, and so this book takes us back to ancient weapons, okay? You can't fight demons with modernism. You have to fight demons who are ancient enemies. You have to fight them with ancient weapons. That's why... Uh, this book is uh, is going to help us get medieval against these demons. Eddie, comment before you go to the next paragraph. Yeah, Jess. You know, one thing I wanted to mention without speaking badly about other methods is that yeah, yeah. when another method does not even mention the Blessed Virgin Mary or St. Michael the Archangel or some of the primary tools that we have as Catholics. Or, or the that, sacraments. Yeah, there's something faulty about that, right? Or sacramentals. Exactly. Yeah, nothing Nothing of that anyways. Let's yeah. go on here, Jess. Moving right uh, along. Go ahead. Yeah, moving right along. Uh, one other issue that required a great deal of time on the side of the exorcist was interviewing the people and doing prayers with them for a while to determine what the actual status of the case was. That is, he had to do a sufficient diagnostic. Again, this required a certain amount of time so that he was able to spend it actually helping people uh, he was not uh, able. It says he not, was not. Yeah, able. I'm sorry, not able to spend it actually helping people, but rather diagnosing cases. The Libra Cristo protocol was uh, diagnosed to provide an initial diagnostics, so that by the time it became clear that that uh, that person actually needed to see the exorcist, much of the knowledge that is necessary in order to solve the case was already known. In other all words, here's, to, yeah, yes, here's the genius ahead. of the model is that the lay people are doing all phase one and phase two for the priest because the priest is busy. So the, the, lay, the lay team, they're the ones that are putting, you could get just like an Excel, okay? You put the person's name and you said, okay, I want you to start 
uh, phase one protocol and you started on this day and you 30 days it ends on this day. So you're tracking the person that the, the, the lay team members are tracking the person who's seeking. If the person's calling you up like every other day and saying, man, every time I say these prayers, man, I, I, I levitate. I'm climbing on the wall. I'm walking backwards. Yeah, I have grand mal seizures. Uh, and if it's happening for the entire 30 days and then you go to the next phase, phase two, and if it's still happening, you probably have possession. And so this, the, this model, what it does, if, uh, if it is possession, it's going to be persistent and they're going to, they're going to manifest when they do the prayers, they're going to do manifest when they do the catechesis. And so by the time they get to the priest and say, father, I followed the prescription for 60 days. And guess what? Things got worse. Now you move on to the next phase. You say, okay, this is probably, this is probably possession at this point. If it's not, it's going to clear up. Because most people just have oppression or obsession. And most people, once they go through the program and they reorder their life, they, they basically clean up their act spiritually, it's going to clear up. But for the, the ones that are high level institutional possessions, they'll keep manifesting 30, 60 days. They'll keep calling up the team member. You know what? I started doing the prayers and I did the funky chicken for 10 minutes on the floor. Uh, and so the team member is going to be able to track and tell the priest, Father, they did phase one and phase two, and uh, they they were vexed, attacked, annoyed, molested, harassed throughout the entire protocol. So at that point, it's it's that that's the diagnostic right there that this is uh, probably beyond obsession and oppression. Hey, Jess, one of the things I was thinking too, and in case anybody's just thinking about this. And they decide, well, let's just go and, and we won't stick to the protocol. Let's let's just uh, tell them we are and not. And they show up after 30 days and the father does the first prayer and they start walking backwards up the wall. <laughs> Jess, they didn't do the protocol. That's the issue. That's the problem there. Yes, exactly. And and that's why and that and that's up to the lay team. They're the yes. ones that are in contact with the person. You know, hey, this is day four. How are you doing in your prayers? Yeah, Eddie, I hit all my prayers. Morning, midday, evening, all the prayers on the sheet, I checked them off. Um, uh, not, I've got, not, I haven't watched TV in five days or radio or nothing. So, so it's the team that's helping the person out. The priest is too busy. This is where the lay team comes in, and they're walking with the person through phase one and phase two. So go yeah, ahead and absolutely. finish it up, Eddie. Yeah, it is the hope of the Deloran Fathers and the members of the Libra Cristo that this book will provide a basic outline for those who are going through the protocol, as well as for priests to be able to guide people through the protocol. So that's how they do it, Jeff. They, they, they guide the people through the protocol with the lay members so that after the 30 days or 60 days, whatever they determine, that they're able to, to show up and, and get, uh, uh, yeah, prayed get over. liberated one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Either minor exorcisms or major exorcisms. Either yes. or, yeah. 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 It is our hope that even those who go, who do not formally, uh, who do not go formally through the protocol, will be able to use this book so that, in following the prayer prescription and having a knowledge about how to become disciplined in the spiritual life, so as to engage spiritual warfare, they will be able to avoid spiritual problems in the future, but also work out the problems that they that they may have already. Uh, so may God bless those who read this book uh, and implement its counsels. It's not even a bad idea for like team members. I tell team members, go through the phase one and phase two protocol so you know what you're asking people to do. So if you do it yourself, you'll say, hey, this is pretty tough. And, 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 yes. and when, you put, when you put somebody on it, 
You're going to say, I know how hard this is. I went through it. I did the 30-day phase one and, 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 and the 60-day phase two. I know how hard this is. I, I'm with you, but it could be done. It's an act of your will. It's like, is it easy to be married? No. Why are we married? It's an act of our will. Why? The grace of God helps us and an act of our will. We, you know, uh, and so it's the same with anything. Anything that, that, that's, that's going to benefit you in some way, shape, or form, physically or spiritually, it's going to take an act of the will. Eddie, let's go right into the... Uh, the, the and we probably won't finish it all today, uh, but the preface of the book... And, and this is written by uh, Dr. Schneider. Go ahead and go ahead and jump, jump in it. Yes, it says, This manual is part of a three-book series on the strategy and tactics of spiritual warfare. By, by definition, a manual is a handbook or an instruction book to guide its reader to mastery of a particular subject. According, uh, accordingly, this book is intended as a tactical field manual or, or a how-to book for those in close engagement with the enemy. For those unfamiliar with military terms, tactics include the art and science of employing all available means to win battles and engagements. Uh, accordingly, this book is intended to teach the reader how to engage and win the spiritual battles of this present day. Now, here's an important point, and Eddie mentioned it a few minutes ago. So some people will ask, so Jess, what's the difference between the Liber Crystal manual here and let's say, unbound ministries or encounter ministries, that they also have uh, healing and deliverance manuals and seminars. What's the difference? So there's, there's, there's three different systems being used in the Catholic Church. The other models make no mention of the Blessed Virgin Mary, number one. The other models make no mention of the necessity of the sacraments to put you in a state of sanctifying grace, number two. The other models make no mention of the use of sacramentals to drive demons out. And I can give you one story after another of the way sacramentals in history drive demons out. St. Teresa of Avila, she says, every time I would use holy water, demons wouldn't show up in, at the convent for days. You got uh, uh, the St. Dominic, who was given the rosary by the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's about, you know, 800 years ago. He says they brought a possessed woman to her. All he did was grab his rosary, put it on her neck and pray one Hail Mary. And he says, and he says, dozens of demons left her body and she was fully liberated. I can give you one story after another of the power of sacramentals. The other models don't use sacramentals. Libra Cristo does. And then finally, the other models, they don't have a clear understanding of, of the priest the sacerdotal priest and the and the, and the lay person who's part of the royal priesthood. Uh, Liber Crystal has a complete understanding that there's a there's different roles. The sacerdotal priest, the Catholic priest, has a he's the hero in all of this. The lay priest, called the royal priesthood of the church, the lay priest, lay people on the team are hero support. The person that's the hero in the team is the Catholic priest. He's the one that prays with the authority of Christ, not the lay people. In the other models, everybody is a little Christ. Everybody prays with the authority of Christ. So the other models have a collapsed understanding of the Catholic priest and the lay priest. Where Liber Christo, there's a complete line of distinction. The priest 
is the one that prays with the authority of Christ and the, and, and the lay people. We are the support. We are hero support. He is the hero. Eddie, you want to do the next paragraph? Sure. Successful tactics on the battlefield do not need to be com complicated. To this day, the United States Army Rangers still deploy the tactics of Robert Rogers' 28 Rules of Ranging, a manual on guerrilla warfare written in 1757. In Rogers' Rules, you read such things as all rangers must be ready on any emergency to march at a, mo at a minute's no a warning. And when pushed upon uh, by the enemy, reserve your fire till they approach very near uh, to see the whites of their eyes, so to speak, which will then uh, put them into the greatest surprise and consternation and give you an opportunity of rushing upon them with your hatchets and cutting <laughs> cutlasses uh, to the better advantage. His first standing order, however, shows the need for simplicity, preparedness, and attention in, uh, to detail in combat. It simply, it reads simply, don't forget nothing. Although warfare has changed considerably since Rogers wrote these rules, the basic principles are the same. All soldiers, for example, have a pre-combat checklist of the things needed to conduct combat operations. The list includes not only a clean, uh, clean weapon and ammunition, but also water and even extra socks because uh, wet feet get infected and infected feet cannot march. This manual is intended just to teach you the basics of spiritual warfare. There we Let's go, Jess. Right we're talking about we're talking about the sacramentals there. We're talking about the whole yes. the whole gamut. Yes. This is written in 1757. So yes. you're right. We're going back to millennia to do this fight. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Jesus Night Woman, stick around. Don't go anywhere. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, two-man car, Jesus 911, just for Mary Eddie Chavez. Every single Monday, we're going to go through Father Ripperger's uh, Liber Crystal Field uh, Spiritual Warfare Manual. We're going to go through it page by page, and we're going to explain the nuances to you so you're going to understand, wow, this is uh, uh, this was a gift sent from heaven. The fact that uh, Father and three other exorcists and Kyle Clement, about five people, put this program together about ten years ago, and it's really starting to take off around the country. There's there's teams being set up all over the country. I uh, just want to mention also for those of you that want to go to the Holy Land, if you've never been there, Anita and myself are hosting a trip to the Holy Land October sixth to the sixteenth. If you'd like to come with the Romeros. We would love for you to come with us. Go to my website. The, the flyer's there. Just click on the flyer, and you can sign up. The trip to the Holy Land, the land where Jesus walked, October 6th to the 16th. Can you imagine? The land where Jesus walked. Come and join the Romeros, October 6th to the 16th. Back to the Liber Cristo Manual. Um, Eddie, uh, this, uh, something important before we continue is, is, I'll tell you why this book is so important also. And you know this because you've been involved in, in healing and deliverance for a long time. Is that oftentimes we get people through like a, a, like, like a, a car wash. You just get them through. But there's really no aftercare. We say, see ya. I'm glad, I'm glad you're, you feel better. Uh, I'm, you, know, you seem to be quite normal. See ya. Uh, see you at Mass on Sunday. What this book does 
since it teaches them how to live a Catholic life, this is the aftercare that they should have received after they go through other methods of, of healing and deliverance, but they didn't receive the aftercare because again, the priests are busy. They can't walk you by the hand and say, maybe, maybe you need to re-go, go through RCIA class once again or read through the Baltimore Catechism. The priests don't have time. You feel better? Yeah, Father, I feel something left my body. I haven't had nightmares in two weeks. I feel good. Okay, we'll see you at Mass on Sunday. The Liber Crystal book, what it does, it, 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 it's like backfills. It already teaches them before they get healed, it already teaches them the aftercare, how they're supposed to live for the rest of their, their life before they're even liberated by the, from the diabolical. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, Jesse. Here, I'll, I'll even go back one further for you. Instead of getting trained when they're diabolically afflicted, why don't we do that with RCIA, Jess? Why don't we do that with confirmation class, Jess? Why don't we do that with First Holy Communion, Jess? That's, what's the, that, that's what the problem is, is the, our church has let this go for so long unaddressed, and now we're trying to play catch-up. And you know what, Jess, the reality is there's a whole line of people. I don't see how the, the uh, case managers can even keep track of some of this stuff here in Los Angeles because there's just so many people. It's too, it's, we're living amongst the devils, Jess. That's, what ha- that's what's happening here. <laughs> Eddie, that's why, you know, anybody who's involved in this they, and they're helping out their, their priests, they need to get an Excel file and they got to put names of when, when people contact them, what day. And you got to start putting them on phase one protocol, like handing out aspirin, you know, like, you know, at a time of war. I mean, just spending. Here's the sheet, the phase one protocol, start this for 30 days. Oh, Eddie, here's the sheet, the phase one protocol, start this and put it on, a, on an Excel and what day you gave it to them. And that when they call you up again. Did you do your 30-day protocol? Well, no, I just did three days and I stopped and, and I'm still having nightmares. Oh, okay. Uh, you didn't, start you didn't do your 30 Yeah, yeah, start again. Go back to day one. And, and so, uh, and I'm telling you, a lot of people will self-liberate because all you're doing is you're like a, like a football coach, you know, like, a, like some, you're a gym coach. You're teaching them how to lift weights, how to catch a ball, how to throw a ball, how to do jumping jacks. They don't know how, how to do a pull-up. They don't know how. And so when you say, get on this 30-day protocol, you'll see, well, next week we're going to go through the phase one protocol. It's intense. It's on page 309 to 314. It's it's like, ah, phase one protocol. I'm telling you, most people will deliver just with phase one. You put them on a three-day, on a a three-times-a-day prayer protocol with all the prayers Father Ripperger says you have to start doing, uh, and which includes with a 30-day media fast, you shut down internet, telegram, face, everything. You're like, what? The, everything, unless it's used for work, you can use a computer. That right there is going to clean up most of the most of the of the of, uh, of the problems that the person has. Because the like Saint Joan of Arc says, she says the battle that we have against demons is in the mind. That's where they attack the. St. Joan of Arc says, the battle, the arena where we fight demons is in the mind. We fight them back in our mind with our faith, with our prayers, with our, with our, an act of the will, with our meditation on the rosary, with our meditation on divine mercy by going to mass, looking at holy objects, seeing the Eucharist being raised up. We fight them with our mind, but they fight our mind as well by projecting, you know, profanities, vulgarities, thoughts, locutions, uh, apparitions, phantasms into the mind. St. Joan of Arc said, the battlefield is right there. It's in the mind. And so Father Ripperger's method, it teaches people 
to take custody of their mind, take custody of their intellect. Oh, you watch porn every day? You're not going to watch porn ever again. You're going to start with a 30-day fast, and after that, never again. You got it? Okay, Father. Do you pray? Ah, sometimes once a month. No, you're going to start praying three times a day. Oh, what? What? At 6, 12, what? Yeah, that's when the monks and nuns, and they, that's what time they pray in the abbeys. They get up and start their prayers. We're going to put you on, on, a, on a, basically on a military uh, schedule of how to start praying, like a monk, like, like an like a, like a abbot, like a hermit. Well, like a, like a Catholic nun, a cloistered nun. Well, but it's too hard. Okay, then you're not serious about getting liberated. You, you see? That's true, this, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it, it's difficult. You know, when you start thinking about it, if you're praying three times a day, that, that's so difficult to do. And you know what? You're thinking about the prayer, the upcoming prayer. You're, you're reflecting <laughs> on what you just prayed. You're looking forward to the next one. And you don't have time to do anything else, Jess. You know, that, that's the beauty of this program. And uh, yeah, you're right. We should all go through this 30-day, 30, uh, 30 uh, if not a 60-day uh, protocol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. brutal. All right, Eddie, go take the next paragraph. Okay. Uh, although it may have not appeared to, uh, so to the observer, all warfare is conducted by rules of engagement. Thus, Rogers begins uh, this instruction with all rangers are to be subject to the rules and articles of war. Bear in mind three essential factors of effective tactical engagement vis-a-vis -vis the demon, that is, the demon is a strictly ordered spiritual being who follows the rules of engagement as established by God through natural law and divine positive law. This means that he will either yield or not yield according to the uh, answer to the, the, these three questions. Question number one, does this person have requisite authority? Question number two, what is the state of merit of the petitioner and is he or she in a state of grace? Question number three, what specifically is the petitioner asking? Boy, there's a whole lot that was said there. Uh, yep. the, moving the moving nefarious, you remember, and this is uh, what, yes. what Dan just wrote there. They, uh, the, the demon nefarious says, he says, we, speaking about demons, he says, we are the most rational beings in the universe. That's what Dan means when Dan writes that the demon is a strictly ordered spiritual being who follows the rules of engagement established by God. That's what it means. That's what nefarious meant when he said, we are the most rational beings in the entire universe. What he meant is that they follow the spiritual laws of God to the letter, to the letter. And, and so they're, even in their apostate choice, they're bound by God's spiritual laws. That's what that means. And remember Nefarious, the demon also said, we know more theology than anybody on earth. The demon yeah, doesn't yes, want you... That, yes, yes, that, that's, go ahead, finish your thought, that's awesome. Yeah, and this is why, again, Father Ripperger writes here, and Dan just puts it here, the demon, the demon doesn't want you to know the last three things that Eddie just read. The demon doesn't want people, because these are the rules of engagement here. Number one, does the person who's, who's praying over you, do they have requisite authority over you? If they don't, um, nothing. there's going to be no effect because they have no requisite authority over you. For, I'll give you an example. I can't go to the Chavez house and, and walk in and say, Hey, Eddie, um, I'm going to move around the furniture. Uh, yeah, I don't like the way you have it here in the living room. And uh, yeah, on the kitchen, I, I want to kind of you know put the dishes over here. You're going to say, Hey, Jess, you came to visit me. We're friends. I know you know... He goes, 
Leave my dishes alone. Leave the pictures on the wall alone. Leave my furniture alone. It's my house. If you want to do that, fine. Do it in your house. You're here to visit. That's it. Don't rearrange my house. Okay? That's what it means. That th- This is exactly what, what we mean by requisite authority. Demons know when you're praying over somebody, they look and they say, does Jess Romero have the authority to lay his right hand and do imprecatory prayers and drive out a demon over his neighbor, Mr. Robinson over in Arizona? No, he doesn't. He has no natural law authority or spiritual law authority over Mr. Robinson. Mr. Robinson needs to go see his pastor, a Catholic priest, and, and just needs to teach Mr. Robinson how to pray himself by putting him on the protocol. And so this is what demons look at. When people are praying over somebody, they're seeing, do they have requisite authority? The person praying over, number two, is, is the person being prayed over, the petitioner, are they in a state of grace? Because if they're not in a state of grace, guess what? All you have is jumper, the, what I call the jumper cable scenario. You've got a positive and negative jumper cables. You're putting them together, and all you're going to see is sparks for one hour. You're going to see the person manifesting and growling and spitting and cussing and punching and being violent for one hour because that's the jumper cable symbol because their soul's not ready to receive the prayer because they're not in a state of grace. And then the third thing, and the demons know all this. And the third thing that Eddie just read is what specifically is the petitioner asking? A lot of people go to deliverance groups and they go, oh, I want my, I want these bad thoughts to go away. The, I hear these voices in my head. Can, Father, can you make them go ahead? Notice what they're not asking. They're not asking, Father, I want to get right with God. I want to come back to the church and live a clean, pure life in a state of grace and be a holy Catholic. No, Father, uh, these voices in my head, uh, uh, they're, they're telling me to kill myself and kill my wife. Can, can you take them away? Lay your hands on me, please. Lay your hands on me. Take them away. Are you going to come to back to Mass this Sunday? No. Are you going to start praying three times a day? No. You're going to start praying the rosary? No. But get these, get these things, these headaches, take them away. You see, the demon knows if the petitioner is going there for all the wrong reasons. If they're just going because they want the pain to go away. Or does the petitioner want to get right with God the Father through his son Jesus Christ and live a holy, clean life within the confines of the oh, Roman I think Catholic just Church? Up. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh. Yeah. That's a wrap, Eddie. Hey, well, Jess, the- listen. Uh, I have three... I had three people in the last week ask me. I got tired with the church. They weren't giving me the answers I wanted. So I went somewhere else and people laid hands on me. The whole congregation. That's what we're talking about here. (laughs) God help us, Jesus 911. Hey, we'll pick this up next Monday. Every single Monday, we're going to be going through this. And we'll have fun with it. You know, some of it, if we don't laugh, sometimes you'll want to cry. But uh, thanks be to God, we got the victory in Jesus Christ. Hey, up next, Jerry, Jerry Machuda, hands on apologetics, the big guy coming to us from the Midwest Command Center. Every Monday, uh, Eddie and myself going through the liberal crystal model, explaining the do's and don'ts of deliverance. We'll see you next time. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.